I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome along to a brand new episode of Writer's Routine. This week we are chatting to Andrew White. Andrew has written factual pieces for the AA and uh, Country File and Rail Britain, and he runs the uh, the Walks Around Britain website and created the TV series. If you're at all outdoorsy and you're in and around the UK, I imagine you might have seen some of his videos online. He's just published his first novel. It's called The Walker Mysteries. They say, write what you know. We talk about how technology helps him as a dyslexic writer. Also, why he chose to self-publish, and why, with so many different creative pursuits on the go, he decided to write a book. I like that ability to to go from one thing to another and, and to keep that creativity. And what I found when I started writing, it opened up so many more avenues from a creativity perspective. And it just sort of it gave me a new lease of life. And, and I guess that's the sort of thing that you, you want to sort of keep up. You want to keep your creativity flowing, don't you? And you want to be able to try new things and try different things and see where, you, where it takes you. And that's the ability, you know, the, the ability to be able to do very different things. Uh, I enjoy. There is more on the way with Andrew White in this week's Writer's Routine. Yes. Welcome to Rice's Routine. My name is Dan Simpson. This is the show where we take a look through an author's working day to see how they get stuff done, to see how they fit that stuff around everything else that's going on with their life. Be that other jobs, be that a partner, be that children. In today's case, be that six dogs and fingers in many different creative pies. We're joined by Andrew White this week. Andrew is a doer. Uh, He's written pieces for Outdoor Lifestyle magazines, factual books for the AA, those guidebooks, and loads more besides. He's started the extremely successful website, blog, and now TV series that you can watch on Amazon Prime, Walks Around Britain. It's on YouTube too. Uh, I use that, seriously. If you're ever looking for a new place to discover, if you want to get outside, especially after the last week of 40 degree heat in the UK, maybe you've spent all your time inside with the AC on. So if you want to get outside, if you want a walk somewhere local to you, uh, Walks Around Britain is a brilliant resource that you can turn to for free pretty much online. So he's doing all of that. And then a year or so ago with the country in lockdown, he finds that, well, people aren't really looking for 
outdoor walks anymore, long form adventures. So he's picked up something else as an outlet for his creativity. And he started writing The Walker Mysteries. The first is called A New World. It sees DCI Charlotte Walker investigating a local mystery. It's it's kind of a gritty, cosy crime. Death in Paradise on the telly feel. The Thursday Murder Club, but maybe a bit darker in places. Uh, we talk about why, even with being an early adopter of technology, he doesn't really like it. He finds it a struggle sometimes. Also why he's planned a lot of his series already. And I mean a lot. I think you can pre-order four or five uh, on Amazon for the Kindle. I mean, he's only published one or so. He's he's written over 30 plot lines. He's got those already in the works. He's currently writing three of them at once. With that, you can hear why he chose to self-publish two. Also how he, as a 40-something-year-old male walker, went about writing a 30-something-year-old female detective. Men, often quite rightly, get a lot of criticism for writing female characters badly. Um, So we talk about how Andrew navigated what can be quite a sticky minefield sometimes. So that's on the way. And we start things off, as we always do, with what Andrew sees around him in the place where he sits down to write. Well, I'm sitting down in my office come studio. So it's uh, downstairs off of the kitchen. So I have the, uh, the six dogs generally come in and out and uh, they sit on, I've got a, a futon which can fold out to be a, a, a bed if needed be for, for guests. But then generally the dogs are sitting on there. So there's a different selection of, of six dogs sitting on there at any one time. And uh, in front of me, I've got various laptops that I do my video editing and my writing on. Uh, what else have we got in here? Uh, we've got uh, a, a picture of me, uh, with one of my, well, my, my first dog that was my dog who, who sadly departed. And so me and Maisie are on the top of a, a Welsh hill. And I've got a, uh, the, the, the sign from the, from the TARDIS, the public telephone fee for public use. Uh, that sign is there because I'm a big Doctor Who fan. I've got, got several Daleks on the, on the, uh, on the uh, on the windowsill and a Cyberman, and uh, yeah, so uh, it's kind of like a really nice kind. It's, a, it's a, like a light blue, kind of a nice kind of calming color, but it's got lots of knickknacks and things. I mean, I, I'm a big uh, Warner Brothers cartoons fan, so I've got lots of things of, of, of uh, Bugs Bunny and, uh, and and Wiley Coyote all around, and Doctor Who. So lots of Doctor Who memorabilia, and I'm a big. Uh, I'm a big transport fan, so I've got lots of you know model railway bits knocking around as well. So it's quite cluttered. It can be quite. I suppose it must be a little, little bit like my mind. It's like having lots of tabs open at once. But it, it, it's mine, and this is where I work. So now you live in in Yorkshire. I would imagine with I don't know. Maybe I'm assuming something wrong, but I would imagine with six dogs. You, you might have perhaps a bit of space around you. I don't know. Maybe you live in the more countryside aspects of Yorkshire. Uh, it's it's a it's a suburb of Doncaster, not too far away from the racecourse. So if you know your your Doncaster geography, it's not too far away from the racecourse. We've got a very big park and a, and a quite big woodland, not too far away that we go every day to do to walk the dogs. And the other good thing about this part of the world is that if you want to travel to anywhere. You're, you're very, very central because you can get to, I mean, we're doing the filming for the TV series. I can go up to, uh, I can go up to, you know, sort of Fort William 
in Scotland in about seven hours. I can get down to Cornwall in seven hours. So you've, you've got pretty much, you know, I can do the Peak District, the Lake District and the Yorkshire Dales all in a day. It's, you know, you, so you're pretty central to anywhere that you want to go with the dogs. What, what I mean by where you are is, uh, what, what's, have you got a window? What's the view out there? Oh, well, the, the view outside is of the road. So that's not that good. But uh, out of the back, we've got a nice, uh, we've got a nice uh, garden where we do all, lots of dog training and things like that as well. So, and the park is not, is just, you know, about 100 metres away. So it's not too far. Now, talk me through the desk. You mentioned quite a cluttered space around you with a lot of memorabilia. You've got the Warner Brothers, you've got the Doctor Who. Uh, what, what do I find on a desk that you write on? I've got three laptops that I use. I have one which is mainly for writing. I've got one which is mainly for sound editing and one that's mainly for video editing. So they come out to play at any one time. And uh, they they basically... Because video editing is quite intense and, and you have to do lots of rendering and things like that, often I'll do some video editing on one and then let it go off and do its own thing. And then I'll go back into doing some writing. So the, all three of them can be open at any one time. I'm not sure that that's a very good way of working, <laughs> whether that's the most productive, but I think it, it seems to work for me anyway. So that's good. Uh but I've got a monitor on the on the desk, which I, when, I, when I'm doing video editing, I can I, I use the laptop screen and the monitor for for separate screens. And I've got oh, you know, if I'm if I've got lots of if I'm doing some writing of 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 the the, of the fiction, I've got lots of books out for you know research or something like that. And uh, what else have we got on here? Uh, yeah, just I mean, I've got an old there's an old fashioned telephone. I've got one of those that. You know the the old nineteen seventies that ring uh, with a cord because I like to actually. I don't like. I I don't really like technology in a way. I kind of cope with it. So it's like, yeah, I'm okay with it. I, but I tell you, sorry, Andrew, I tell you why that's interesting. Firstly, if you're still using a landline, I reckon you're you're the person that's keeping British Telecom <laughs> in business. But what's interesting, you say you don't like tech, but you started making videos in like the early 2010s you were quite an early adopter of more long form uh youtube videos uh with with your walking channel and you've got the separate desks for writing for filming for editing so it, it's clear that you you do adopt tech so th it's interesting that you say you're uh, not a luddite but you're a, a slight technophobe in that sense yeah i i, I mean i've got I, I was one of the first I was the first person that I knew to have a mobile phone back in the day when you could only text people on the same network. So that's, you know, Cellnet was the, was the you know, and, and, it, and my telephone number comes from that, mobile number comes from that era. So it's, you know, one of the original ones. But I, I, I can't do, I find it very, very difficult to do anything on the phone. I look at my daughters and they're like, you know, thumbs are plenty and that, you know, everything's done on this, on this little screen. And I'm looking at this thing and I say, I, I don't know how Facebook, the, the Facebook app works. I've no idea how that works. You know, I, I look at it and I press some buttons on it and, it, and, I, and I go like and that, but I can't really do anything, you know, and create content on it. I find it very difficult to create content on the phone. Whereas, you know, put me in front of a laptop and I'm fine. You know, that's, that's my, and I guess that's because I'm sort of nearly pushing 50 maybe, but, uh, I try, I try to keep up and, uh, yeah, I do, I do sort of do, do my best with that, but it's, uh, 
I think you, you somehow you've got to sort of go, well, you know, I could spend a lot of time learning how to use everything on the phone or I could just carry on doing it the way I'm doing it, which is kind of okay. So, but yeah, new technology. I mean, I've, you know, I, I got a drone the other the, uh, couple of years ago and, and that's, you know, still learning how to do that properly. So that's, uh, I, I do try to push the, the boat out, especially when it comes to the filming, to, to do different things and that. But I think I, I've tried to, Every so often, I'll get some something in my head that comes, and I need to put it down. And I've only got my phone with me, so uh, I guess also because I'm dyslexic, it, it's it's difficult to use that small keyboard. Uh, so I often use the uh, voice recording software things, and then put them into Google Keep, which then can transcribe it. Uh, which so I, I guess in in that respect, um, yeah, I I might actually be quite okay with tech. <laughs> well, uh, you've you mentioned Google Keep, which is interesting. Let's talk about the writing side of your technology. Um, uh, we, we like to get quite quite niche and nerdy when we can. So when, when you are writing, when that is available to you, what uh, software are you using? What font are you on? Run us through that setup. Uh, well, I use Google, Doc, Google Docs uh, because... I guess it's because I've got this three, these these three computers and sometimes I might not actually get the computer out that I do the writing on. So I'll just open a tab and something has to come to me and I've got to get it out down. So that sort of cloud-based network of Google Docs is quite useful. Uh, I, I've not really... I, I've, I've got into thinking about uh, Scribner and things like that, but I haven't got there yet. Uh, I'm on Calibra on the font, uh, and I find that easy to read. That's another thing because the, the, the dyslexia doesn't help for for serif fonts. Uh, it gets a bit too clouded for me, so I have to change them into sans serif fonts. So that's why I'm, I'm, I think Calibra is a good one for me. I get up and I sort the dogs out. So that's the main thing. They they need sorting out and uh, there's a, a walk that needs to be done at some point throughout the day. So that might be early on or it might be late on, depending on how I creatively, how, how the creative juices are flowing. Can I ask you one question here, Andrew? Sorry to interject. Why six dogs? As in, I've often wondered with Peter, I love a dog. Why get five and then think, okay, one, one more. Uh, well, I'm married and have a wife, so that's the answer to the question, really. <laughs> okay, okay, <all> right. <laughs> the wife no. goes, I, do you know what? It wouldn't If we've got five, six wouldn't be that much of a hassle, would it? And I'm like, I think it probably would, yeah, <laughs> okay. actually. Well, well, I, said, need- uh, yeah, I think we need another. Six, you know, five's just an odd number. Yeah, but we had four, and that wasn't an odd number. <laughs> well, I tell you what, need need say no more there. Then you, you can take us back. So you've woken up in the morning, you've walked whichever of your six dogs need to get out. Then what yes. happens? Um, well, then I sit down and and open the laptop, and then I I try to reread what I'd written the day before, and then try to convince myself that it's actually a, it's actually something good, uh, and then. It's, it's then, I, I'm, I'm very much a, a pantser. I do try to plot, uh, but that's not sent to work that well. Uh, and I end up writing stuff and then it just, 
something else flows from that. And I do get to a point where I go, oh, so that's where that's going. Right. Okay. So, and then things seem to click. So I just, I generally just write and then realize that what I've put is not very good and then go back and change it and and, and mess about. So I don't really do, I guess my sort of first drafts are, they're just continually evolving drafts. You know, I don't tend to write a whole piece and then go, oh, I'll go back over it again. They they sort of evolve as they go along and, and I change it as, as I'm doing it. Again, I don't know whether that's a very good thing or, but it just seems to be what I do. Uh, but I get, you know, I'll flit, I'll, I'll go and have something to eat and then crack. But I do try to crack on and I do have a general idea of when it's a writing day that I've got to do so many, you know, I've got a sort of a, you know, three or 4,000 words I want to try to get down. Uh, and I generally can do that, but it's whether, you know, the, the family gets in the way is the main thing. Now, uh, someone who does uh, like a, a few different things has fingers in many, many uh, kind of self-productive pies. Uh, how do you sort out your time to get them all done? Do you allocate days to do this, edit days to film, days to write, or are you kind of when you're writing, are you constantly thinking, "Oh, I really should be doing that." A bit of both. Uh, I'm, I'm very guilty of always wanting to do the thing that I'm not doing. Uh, that I've got to sort of knuckle down and say, "Right, well, at the moment, I'm writing because the creativity is there and the, and the story's coming to me, and then I've got to get that down." But all of the time, the other part of my brain is going, "That video needs editing." And you've got to get that piece of audio recorded and, and all of these kinds of things. So, yeah, it, I, I struggle. I really do struggle with that. And, I, and you know, my wife has sometimes said to me, maybe you're taking on too much. And maybe I do. But I, I wouldn't really want it any other way. I, I like that ability to to go from one thing to another and, and to keep that creativity. And what I found when I started writing the the novel was that that it opened up so many more avenues from a creativity perspective and it just sort of it gave me a new lease of life and and I guess that's the sort of thing that you you want to sort of keep up you want to keep your creativity flowing don't you and you want to be able to try new things and try different things and see where you where it takes you and that's the ability you know the the ability to be able to do very different things uh, I enjoy uh, and at the end of the day, with so much on and with wife, children, a zoo in Doncaster, <laughs> how good are you at switching off? Uh, I'm getting better. I never used to be able to be, to be very good. I, I, I tend to wake up about, I guess, generally at the moment with it, with, it, with it being nice and sunny in the morning, about half past five is when I sort of start. Uh and I can still be going at sort of two o'clock in the morning. So I don't need to spend that. I don't have that much of a sleep often. But I guess it, it depends on whether I've got stuff in my head. Because if there's stuff in my head that needs to come out, it needs to come out. And I just have to go and carry on with it. Uh, I have done all-nighters. Just literally just because I've got stuff that needed to come out. I do forget things very often as well. So that's the other thing. I, I know that when I've got something in my head, I've got to get it down somewhere. Uh, somehow, and because I'm, you know, I, I'm a terrible actual handwriter. My my handwriting is so bad that when I look at it, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I have to take some of the stuff I write to the 
pharmacist to see whether they could describe it. You know? <laughs> it's just terrible line writing. So I've got to get it onto onto basic onto a computer, and I've got to then work out what I'm doing for it. But I do have like several documents where I just go, "Ooh, that's a great start," you know. And I'm 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 actually quite good. I found myself being quite good at openers. So my my first sort of you know I'm I'm writing at the moment three books now and 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 they're all they're all very good well I think they're very good starts so that's I think I guess that's also coming from a, a more drama perspective on telly because it's then you know looking at that cold open as you get on telly which you then got to sort of grab that person grab the viewer and keep them in and I guess that's the same as the, with the first page of of the book. So you're writing th- three books at the same time. Yes. Yeah. So w- w- now we'll get to this because <laughs> because there is a slight because there is a slight format to you know, when when we discuss things. It's just it's like I'm looking at the Amazon page now because you self published and they're all available on on Kindle Unlimited. And the first book is out now, A New World: The Walker Mysteries. And then I, I can oh for some reason the second one's not come. Oh okay. The, uh, it's interesting. This isn't for the podcast, Andrew, but they're slightly they're, they're interestingly numbered. The first book I can see here on the Amazon page, A New World: The Walker Mysteries, and you can, you can get that now. And then you can already pre-order books that you've set times for. So the fourth one is due to come out, or one of them is due to come out next April. Why are you setting these deadlines for books that aren't even read yet is it is it just merely for yourself really to keep yourself in check yes i i i am very very bad at keeping at doing stuff so if i don't have a deadline it will just wander by and i've come up with i have some great ideas and i go oh i should do that and then i announce it to the world and go oh i'm going to do this and then everybody goes oh that's great brilliant and we'll wait for it. And then they're still waiting because I just don't have a deadline to actually get it done by. So I realized that this is one of the things I need to do. Uh, and it's only recently in the last sort of year or two that I've realized this about myself. So it's not it's not some sort of <laughs> thing that I've been doing for decades, but it's like I, I really need to have a deadline. And if you're self-publishing or, you know, any, any kind of thing that you're involved in just yourself or, or a few other people in, I've got to have a deadline in order that I've got to fix it and say, right, well, that's where it, that's when it's going to be done because I just don't sit down and do it. And this first one uh, was uh, written in lockdown, you've said. So uh, without taking us too much into the plot just yet, uh, how, how long when you were when you suddenly got so much free time because people weren't really interested in, you know, long walks anymore? How uh how long did it take you to get that first novel down and how much time were you devoting to it then? Well, it sort of started, the idea behind it started in, I think it was about April last year in 2021. Uh, when I had this, I was walking the dogs and I had this, this, this phrase kept coming to my head, walker by name, walker by nature. And I thought, ah, okay, where does that really can't fit into my walking program. So I don't know where that's coming from. So that's interesting. And then we, I, I would, I would family watch a lot of crime drama. And I realized that really most of the books that I was reading at the time was, was crime drama as well. And I was thinking, well, you get a lot, you get generally, you get a lot of elderly detectives, uh, 
I mean, I know that there's not, there are, there are lots of young detectives, but generally, you know, the, the ones that are the big famous ones generally tend to be over the older variety. And they always tend to have some sort of, I don't know, something, something that's gone off in their past. And, and you know, that they're, they're generally not generally very nice people as well and a bit irascible. And I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be nice if there was something different? If you've got like a young female detective... You know, because at least then, if they're on telly and they're a young female detective, you'd have a long time that there could be <laughs> you could actually make the program because they'd be around for a long time. And then that's sort of where it, where the whole idea came from was was the idea to be able to make a. It was uh, to start with. It was television. I wanted. I was. I was. I thought it would be a really good television series. So I then decided. Right. Well, if you're going to do this, you need to be. I, you know, it, it's been decades since I've actually written any fiction. I need to sort of have a, a big structure. I need to come up with, a, 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 you know, the whole backstory. So I think the whole of April was coming up with all the major returning characters, the ones in the family, my my lead DCI, Charlotte, Charlotte Walker, doing all the plotting to make sure that everything that I thought it could be would actually work in real life, you know, seeing how, how long things take to get to, to, to be able to get up the, up the ranks and all of that kind of thing. So it could actually, you know, you've got creative license, but just to make it feasible in, 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 in most cases. Uh, so all of that was sort of April. And then I started writing uh, the, I just started sort of plotting line, plotting outlines of stories and things like that. So I came up with, in total, around a hundred plot lines uh, that I could actually start to write from, because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't something that you could make ten of and then go, "Well, actually, I've run out of ideas for this now." So that proved to myself that actually, just me on my own could come up with quite a few ideas for this as a as a format. Uh, and then I started writing. So, but this is something completely different from other things that you've done. I mean, you've written, but guidebooks and, and things for the AA, more of a uh, functional nature to your writing, mostly non-fiction. But y- y- so how did you find stepping into a world of creating characters and seeping through mysteries into to walking, which is like a world that you know better than many others? I loved it. I think it, it was it was almost like coming home to something that I should have done many, many years ago. Uh, and just being able to create a world. I mean, I've, I've plotted that the first one was based in Doncaster. So there's a lot of Doncaster in it. And if you are, a, you know, if you know, if you come from here and you know the place, you can see where all the things are that I'm a reference and that. And, and there are, again, there's creative license. There are, plate, there are things in there that aren't in real Doncaster. But, you know, that's just what we do, isn't it? But there, there's a lot of, it, it's, it was lovely to try to work out how you could get from, place A in Doncaster to place B in Doncaster without going round the obvious way because I needed to take her this different way. All of those things and plotting the story, you know, I just loved it. It was just, it was just something that I, I just, I should have done years ago. And inventing, having a world that you could manipulate and create and, and just have these characters that started, as soon as I started writing them, they started to come to life. And I've always heard, you know, on the podcast and you've gone, you know, the, the, the people who have gone and they, they just came to me and just, you know, you, you, you live them. 
And I was thinking, yeah, this is right. This is just how they are. You know, I, I can I can start to see wh- how these characters interact. And then, and then when you started to put them into, I started thinking about different scenarios that they'd be in. And, and then their character then said, well, this is how they cope with that. And then how, and so it, it, it was just fantastic to have something completely different to what I'd been doing for about, you know, sort of 20 years or in that sort of factual way to have something where you didn't quite know where it was all going. And it started to just literally write as I, you know, putting my fingers on the keyboard and, and this, this stuff just kept coming. It was brilliant. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We're back with more from Andrew in just a second. Very quickly, let me point you towards our Patreon page. If you're enjoying the show, if you enjoy the fact that we chat to so many different authors from all around the world, so many different styles of writing, people that have published many, many books, that are millions bestsellers, people that are just starting out like Andrew, who are fitting it around loads of things they do. If you have taken inspiration from that, you can support us, you can help the show, you can help us keep bringing you these chats as often as we can. To do that, all you need to do, become a backer at patreon.com forward slash writers routine. By pledging just a few dollars a month, it helps us keep carrying on, keep bringing you these chats. For that, you get our undying thanks. There is also a way for your book to sponsor the show. You get merch, there is bonus content too. And it can help you be part of the writing community that we've got over at Patreon. Weekly posts that just keep you uh, locked into everything that's going on so you can chat with fellow like-minded writers and get some tips and advice that can help you on your way to help make that happen to get involved with supporting the show all you need to do is pledge a few dollars a month it's really easy doesn't cost a lot doesn't have to be a lot whatever you can contribute it goes more than a long way i assure you about that it's patreon.com forward slash writers routine right let's get back to it then with andrew wright talking about his brand new novel a new world it's the first in the walker mysteries you can pre-order the first i think four 
online right now, by the way, if you've got a Kindle, uh, just head to Amazon. They're all on Kindle Unlimited. You can set yourself up with four years worth of novels to keep you going. Uh, We talk about why he chose to self-publish, also why he's such a doer. And we pick things up chatting about writing genre. Uh, suddenly writing mystery after years of just penning articles in non-fiction books. He's thrown into fiction, into novels. How did he make sure he was doing that right? I got very bogged down in, in a way of, of thinking, well, do, I, do I know how to do this? And, and you know, that sort of, I guess, that, that, that lack of faith that you have when you try to do something new or even when you've done it, many, many times and you're doing it again and it's like, and it's still not, you know, you're that, that, that sort of imposter syndrome. And I was really quite worried about that. So would, but I think, well, I have, I've read an awful lot of books and I know the ones that I've enjoyed. I know the ones that I haven't enjoyed as much. And I kind of figured out where I didn't enjoy them as much. I'm not saying they were badly written, but I just didn't, didn't get to me. That was, that, that was fine. And when you watch them on television, and I'm often the ones that go, you know, in the, in the family, I'll be, that's a, that's a plot point there. You need to, you know, and my wife will be, shh, shut up. <laughs> no, no, but that's going to come back later on, isn't it? Because there's no way that they just raise that as a, as a point. That's got to come back. And, of course, then it comes back later on. It's like, there you go, I told you, you know. So you, I think from osmosis, you kind of seep in this this way that it works. And the way that the tropes work, and so I have tried to put as much of those in as possible, but it also do something a bit different. Mine kind of falls, I guess it falls a little bit in between. It's a bit more gritty than cozy crime, but it's a bit more cozy crime than gritty. It's kind of in between. It's more. It is very much more televisual, I guess, in a way, because it's very much in the line of following in, a, in, in, in sort of mur- uh, Midsummer Murders and the Brokenwood Mysteries from New Zealand and all the, the Death in Paradise. It's, it's, it's in that sort of genre, much more so than a, a traditional police procedural. But then with that, so you've said that, that that's the tone that you wanted, kind of Jonathan Creek-esque, kind of like a light caper. Um, I, I'm, often, I'm really interested in how writers... Put tone, like how they get a tone to cover their whole novel. How did you go about that and not veer off into lines of a more, a much grittier, darker mystery? I think it's because I wasn't trying to do a police procedural because that's not the world that I know. I mean, there's lots of very, very good police procedurals from people and authors who know what they're talking about. And that wasn't something that I could begin to emulate. So I needed to do something which was a little bit more, I guess, had a little bit more of the personalities and the personal lives of the people involved. So I, I that's a little bit more easier to keep that tone a bit more lighter, I guess. And also I think it's about trying to select, trying to select the manner of the mystery as well. So it's, you know, you don't get, in mine, you don't get, you know, 15 people being killed. It's not that kind of book. In fact, that's why I did call it The Walker Mysteries, because as a series, because I wanted to make it so that maybe every other book or maybe every other second book, that there wasn't a death. It was some sort of other mystery that was being solved. So it's, 
that then lent it to a, a, a lot lighter style. And uh, and then I, I also then just kept watching. I kept watching lots of telly and to see where the lighter points came in it. And I think it, it, sometimes it's a lot easier in, in telly to bring lighter points out. And so that m- my thing was to try to keep those elements of building running running jokes in and things like that, which which will go through not not just, not just the first book, but through the the whole series as we get to know these characters. So it was trying to build those sorts of things in from the start, and also I've 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 put in in the first book and I'm writing in the second book several things that don't pay off until what I think might be book six. So I've sort of put in those things in all the at the start. Now you have you know you mentioned earlier that you're a, was it a forty-ish year old man or fifty-ish year old? Man? Anyway, yeah, and nearly fifty. All right, and nearly. I don't want to bring it up again. <laughs> a nearly fifty-year-old man. I kind of got it right with the first two actually. A nearly fifty-year-old man, and you are writing uh, about a thirty-three-year-old woman. Now, and she is not. Uh, you deliberately tried to stay away from, you know, the the, the gritty, grizzled uh, copper who no one likes, and he's trying to hates his boss, and he has problems with women and all of that stuff. Um, uh, but still, it's quite a departure from who you are. How did you go about getting into the character uh, of Charlotte Walker? I wanted to make a. I wanted to my 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 essence was to try to make a character that my eldest daughter Alana who's 18 would be able to read and look at as being an icon as being somebody who she could relate to and you know be I guess proud of from the point from the point of view of being a powerful woman who's sexy who is flirty but also doesn't need a man around to validate her or to understand you know she's she's there because a man's helping her or anything like that. She is her own woman. She is very confident, but she has her own flaws, but she is the one where everything revolves around her and she is very, very central to everything. On on that basis, then, it was, I looked at other, other characters, I guess, that I could sort of emulate. And one of the ones that I really, I really loved as a kid growing up was Emma Peel from The Avengers. And that's the British Avengers and not the American Avengers. So so it's like trying to bring her into that kind of, she, she was, you know, she was feisty, she was confident, she'd have a fight, but she was very intelligent. And, you know, I, I think that j- trying to bring those characteristics into a character, and I guess she is the sort of person who I'd like to be. You know, I'd like to see myself as being that sort of a person, which I'm clearly not. <laughs> Did, were you conscious of uh, some of the criticism that men get for writing women badly? And and how much did you try and stay away from uh, over descriptions of her body and her personality in, in a way that just makes no sense to any human ever? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that was what was really interesting was when you when you sort of really start to analyse that and you and you think, right, well, I've got to I've got to create a, a character which everybody can read and everybody can understand that won't upset people and obviously show the fact that I'm a man and not a woman. Uh, but it's, uh, you, there's so much bad description 
isn't there, of, of, of female characters. And it's just incredible to read. And you think if, if yeah, if, if you don't need that description, if you don't, if you wouldn't have it as a man, as a male character, why are you putting it in as a lady character? So I, I guess that was a big thing for me. I don't do a lot of description of what she looks like, apart from when it's actually story related. So when you need it from the story perspective, that's when it's there, which is what you should do anyway. Surely that's what it should be. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I describe some of the clothes that she wears because that's essential for describing who she is as, as a character. But just like I would describe it for a man character. So I, I guess that's where I try to make that work. Going back to the dys dyslexia, I often have very, very eloquent prose in my head. And then as I'm typing it, I can't get those words out. So often I have to type in, literally I type in something amazingly descriptive here and then carry on. And then I have to go back and then add something, something else will come later. And often I've got words that I know are in the correct position in the text, but I can't spell them and I can't spell them well enough for Google Docs to decide that to give me some options on the spell checker. So I have to then go into the uh, Google Docs has got a, uh, a transcription mode. So I go into the transcription mode and, and try to say what I'm wanting it to be. And then often it then understands my Yorkshire accent and actually spells it for me. Or sometimes it still doesn't do that. So I have to try Alexa and see if Alexa can tell me how to spell it because there's no point in using a dictionary because I don't know how to spell it to start with. So, so it can be quite a fraught process sometimes if I'm trying to do something really clever in my head that just doesn't come on, to, on, on to, through, through my fingers. So, yeah, sometimes that's a problem. But often it's a case of I'll put something down that's quite basic because I've got to get the thread through. And then I go back and go, oh, well, I can, I can make that a little bit more eloquent. You have self-published this and the subsequent three that are available and, and the many more that you've got in your head. Uh, why make that decision? Was there ever a thought to go down a standard route of publishing? I think it's just because I have the the TV series that I make, Walks Around Britain, has always been self-published. I, I produce it myself. I have a team of people that work with me, but we've always done it ourselves. You know, I, I put it, it's, it's published on Amazon. It's available around the world. And we made our own website in order to, 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 to sell that and, and to have it as a subscription service. So I did that all myself anyway. So it wasn't much of a leap of faith to say, well, actually, I'll give it a go from a self-publishing perspective. I mean, I know it's very difficult and it has proved to be very difficult. So I'm not, I haven't surprised myself with that, but uh, it, it is I think it's just, it fits who I want to be because I design the covers. I get to know everything about what I do about it. And I think that maybe it's part of being a control freak that you need to have that bit more control over it. Or maybe it's just because that is what I'm used to anyway. So it, it wasn't much of a, I guess, a surprise to be able to do. If someone was looking to self-publish, uh, just very quickly, what advice would you give them? Where would you direct them to get started? I think you've got to be prepared for the fact that it's going to take you a long, long time to get established. Uh, I know I knew that and, and that's not surprised me. But it's also, I think, self-publishing, I guess it, it, it works better if you've got if you're going to have a series 
And I think that's one of the things that that's a key to it. And knowing that the reader can will have more from me in this series, I think is a, is, is a very big thing. Uh, but I'd I say the, the, the KDP stuff for, for Amazon KDP, that's, it's worked really well for me and it's, it's going, going very well. So I'd, I'd look at that and I'd look at whether what you're writing is, is the sort of thing that you, that you could self publish. Uh, I think, guess it, self publishing does lend itself to crime, crime mystery quite well, I think. But it's about obviously being in there for the long haul, which is very challenging. And I think lastly, your your, your career uh, has shown that that you kind of as self publishing. You know, you kind of get up and you do stuff yourself from blogging and then making videos and then getting that to be on a TV channel and then getting that on Prime and then getting that on many TV channels and now having an idea for a book and doing that and then publishing that. Uh, and not everyone, I guess, would be as determined with their ambition. Why? What makes you such a, a doer rather than a, a thinker and forgetter? Well, I think I think I am a doer but only of certain things because there's a lot of things that I've thought about that I've not done. And I, and I guess it's just a case of focusing on something that I've really been passionate about. And the TV program, the walking TV program was something that I really thought I wanted to make a program that, that showed that people don't have to go to the big mountains. They don't have to go to various different places of the country because that's what's prescribed as a walking place. You can find great walks anywhere. And that was really the premise of the TV series and where it came from the books from, from there on. So it's about having a passion, I guess, for, for, for that project. And maybe some of the other ones that I've thought about in the past and not done anything about, I haven't had as much of a passion for, and maybe that passion would come back for those projects in a couple of years' time. I don't know. But the 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 Walker Mysteries was just something that I thought, I'd like to read this. I'd like to read a, a series like this. And I just found that enough people around me that I talked to had said, well, yeah, we would like to as well. And that gave me the confidence to say, well, actually, I'm, I'm sure I could do this. Let's give it a go. And it took a while. And obviously, you know, I, I, I've not... And, you know, you can get better at it every time and that's what you want to do. But it's about, I think, about having a passion for something and, and seeing, wanting to see that project through. And that is it for this week's Writer's Routine. Thank you so much to Andrew White for coming on the show. His brand new novel, A New World, is the first in what could be an epic series. He's got like 30, 30, 50, 100 plot lines already on the go in the Walker Mysteries series. They're all available for you now on Amazon, Kindle Unlimited. Look up Andrew White when you get a chance. Now, next week on the show, we are chatting to Sarah Pierce. Her debut, The Sanatorium, was the best-selling debut fiction book of last year a New York Times and Sunday Times bestseller. Uh, it was a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. If you Google Sarah Pierce, the sanatorium, a big old picture of Reese with the book front and centre pops up. It was a Waterstones thriller of the month too. She's back with a new book called The Retreat. You can hear all about it next week with Sarah Pierce on the show. In the meantime, you can pledge support us, patreon.com forward slash writers routine. Leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. 
You can follow us on Twitter. We're at WritersPod there and get in touch with the show at writersroutine.com. And I will see you next week with Sarah Pierce on the show. Until then, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.